This is a how-to series that's made up of personal perceptions, so please keep in mind, there are no rules to this and nothing is ever needed from you. Your discernment is your compass, so feel free to take a little of it and leave the rest of it. This is a curated perspective on the human condition. Universal facts are a construct. Truth is individual. I've made the conscious decision to edit this content gently, because it's important this space stay open to authenticity. Technical whoopses and long pauses and... Wait, where was I going with this? May ensue. Do not adjust your television sets. At some point during the episode, I plan to pin the topic for what I call a breath break. This pause will serve as a reminder to consume plenty of oxygen, to take a break from analytics, and to shake hands with my physical earth container. This moment will not be altered in editing, so I invite you to join in if you can. Alright, lastly and most importantly, it is your inherent right to exist as your honest self. Therefore, your choice to identify in any capacity is respected here. You are loved. You're welcome as you are. You're perfect right now, and I am fortunate to create with you. So thank you. And remember, enjoy yourself. Oh, hey there, bud. Welcome to the first episode of How to Be God, titled How to Pilot. This episode will not be like the rest of the episodes in the season because this one will be about me mostly. Just to give you um, a background on myself, uh, I want to explain, it's important for you to know how normal I am and that I I did not uh, seek this out. I, I didn't mean to find what I found. It's still really cool. I mean, it's amazing what I found, uh, but you know, you need to know that I, I, I didn't like start talking to spirits when I was five or something, you know, I didn't like wake up from a big car wreck and like now I see auras and shit. I actually don't see auras, but, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not in any way, any sort of ascended master. I, I just tripped and landed on these new abilities. So, uh, I'm going to explain in this episode what led up to, uh, my accidental busting through and um yeah what my new abilities feel like and i want to explain a number of my ideas and concepts from my perspective as well as some of the vocabulary that i prefer to use hi my name's liam thank you for hanging out with me i appreciate it truly i live, just to give you some, just a quick, I live in Edmonton, Alberta. It is also um, where I grew up. And yes, this is in Canada. I identify as cisgendered male, not straight. And right now, in this very moment, in this now, I am feeling, I would say, 60% connection. 60% connection. I'll explain that later. Let's talk about why I am doing this. Why did I make a podcast series? That is the question. Well, it's one of them. And I have quite a few answers, but 
first and foremost, I just love to talk about this type of shit. Like I can't, I can't really find anybody that is as on board as I am. So, uh, I don't blame any, any of my circle. I, you know, they're, they're, they have their own interests and it's maybe not this. That's cool. It's just, it's just the answer to life. It's no big deal, <laughs> but I understand. I can't use them as sounding boards. Um, I can see them pulling away. <laughs> well, pulling away in the moment, not just, not in general, but, um, yeah, so I created a digital sounding board for myself. A place to just keep on keeping on and, you know, no dead eyes. <laughs> this way, if I record it, at least it's sort of available to push play or stop. Either way, play or stop. Because <laughs> you can't stop me in person. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Fuck off. Moving on. So another reason why... uh I decided to make an entire series is because podcasts are free. Well, this one is. And I noticed that uh, when I started looking around online, there were paywalls everywhere, everywhere, you know, and that's not so bad. I don't blame people for um, putting a paywall in front of their content. It makes total sense. It's just that for a lot of people, especially nowadays, I know that a paywall is just a straight up dead end. So I, I want to talk to everyone. I want everyone to talk to this and, and we, we should just be creating a community where it's okay to teach each other candidly and openly and, and just be interested in stuff. It's like, it's like it doesn't need to be behind some wall that some people just can't get through. And I feel that because I can't get through these walls. I am broke. And that's cool. Like, I'm cool with that. But this is part of what propelled me into doing this. Another reason is that I'm noticing uh, all the content I'm finding. Everybody's so, so damn serious about this shit. What is that about? Why is everyone trying to be like the most serious? It, I feel that there should be more fun involved with this type of a process or in this community, it doesn't always have to be so mystical and whoa, I, I'm talking to spirits. Like you can go, oh my God, I'm talking to spirits. You know what I mean? Like it can be more fun than that. We should just not forget that this shit is dope. This shit is fucking dope. And we should act as such, like jump up and down. I did. I do. It's worth it. It feels amazing. And in fact, I find that when I'm excited, it makes it a lot easier to open up. Anyway, I don't hear anyone explaining this in the way that I want to. Like the old mystical sort of like airy fairy jargon is, is all true. Like it's all, like they're right. I'm not discrediting anyone who uses the, traditional vocabulary in this in this type of a topic but it's just it's just that it sounds like it sounds like white noise to us and I mean to me I can hear it and I understand it since my breakthrough in October but but I, that wasn't very long ago so before that you know all that stuff to me uh, I'm it was very much just like kind of made me roll my eyes like yeah I've tried this before like it didn't work like I've heard this before it didn't work 
So, you know, all that like go within and, you know, breathe deep and close your eyes and, um, you know, relax into it and visualize all that shit, like all that shit, just like, it's easy to ignore it. And I want to create a new way to approach this. Okay, I'm going to play you a clip that I found uh, from November of myself. This was a voice note that I sent to a friend back then when I was developing the idea of this show. And this is a pretty good reason as to why I'd be doing this. So take a listen. What we want is for this to be normal for people. Um, and this how-to theme is coming from the when I was listening to um, Alan Watts and Sadhguru since I broke through I'm realizing that they give you very sort of they're popular ones people go to their go-to's for people and I'm noticing that all they do is just give you like ethereal stories on how to live life and it's like oh do you do this well do you do this it's like well then there you go and it's like ah, I get your point but there's no how-to on, uh, you know, assimilating it, like inter integration. Yeah, there's no real how-to on on how to become, have what they have. They just, they just, they just hear the question and then they go, well, I'm all-knowing. So here is uh, what you need to know to use here on this earth plane. And it's like, I remember watching them being like frustrated, like, okay, but how do you know all this stuff? How do you know all this stuff? I need to get to that point. So this how-to theme is, in my vision, hopefully helping to offer sort of... Um, steps to take tangible steps to take things to imagine picturing stuff you know why do we imagine stuff you know this is all like i want it to be like a class you know so this how-to theme is hopefully bridging the gap between the guru or the fucking knowledge seeker or whatever you want to title them uh it's 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 creating that you are this you can be this this is how to do it you know what i mean like i'm just like you i learned how to do it um and it wasn't by listening to the gurus it wasn't because they just are keeping their how-tos you know they are not there's no connection from the audience to the guru there's only awe and mystery you know and i need that gone i want that gone i want everyone to get it everyone needs to understand it i get it now that means literally anybody can fucking do this and i don't want to ever say that because that's comparing but that's how i feel though you know like i mean there's no way that anybody should be left behind if they're curious about this like i you, you can learn this you know this this is how to <laughs> want to give off the impression that uh, I don't respect these guys. I, I think that they're great. I do. Um, but there's more for us to f find out. Like there's more for us to do than listen to the greats. We are the greats. There is no difference between us and them. That's pretty much the whole point of, of uh, this clip that I found very interesting. I don't know. Maybe you did too. I have no idea. Moving on. In the theater of life, 
There's stuff going on backstage. This is a quote from an unknown source. It was in my notebooks. I couldn't find where I was, where I wrote that down from. I was trying to, but they're out there somewhere. Either way, uh, in the theater of life, there's stuff going on backstage. This is, this is how this gentleman had put it. And I would like to twist that a little bit for a more modern version in the, get this, in the RPG of life, there's stuff going on in the living room. Right? Let me explain. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Are you ready though? Are you ready? <laughs> I want you to let go of the programming that says in the back of your head, this is stupid, this is dumb, that's dumb, this is stupid. It's coming. It's going to hit you in the back of the head. It's going to make you wince and it's going to make you think of all the people that will think you believe in this stuff and all that extra. Oh, no. And then just know that that's coming. And when it arrives, just put it away. Put it away till at least the end of this episode. You're not going to lose all your social credibility if you just pay attention for one episode. Just the one. Hang tight, okay? Let's get into it. So this is my RPG theory. Now, RPG stands for role-playing game. And there are a few different kinds of RPGs. Like a tabletop RPG is uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And then there's a live-action RPG where a bunch of people, they'll like go to a park and dress up and they'll um, act out their, their scenes. Um, this is this is called LARPing, live action role playing game. And then there is role playing video game, which is the one that I'm going to use for my theory. So I found a definition online. Uh, I'll read it to you. In a role playing video game, players control a central game character or avatar and attain victory by completing a series of quests or reaching the conclusion of a central storyline. Players explore a game world while solving puzzles and engaging in combat. A key feature of the genre is that characters grow in power and abilities, or leveling up, and the character is typically designed by the player. Now that's the definition for the video game version, right? Now, there are some exceptions to how the RPG concept translates to us. Like, yes, we design our own avatar, correct, but we also designed our own side quests and storylines. So we're like, so we like coded our own video game. We're, we're, we're our own coders. So not only did we code our own quests and storylines before we got here, before, before we were born, we are also actively coding our own surroundings. Like we're constantly, like your brain is a projector, like one of those old, that's like, does, does it make that noise? Anyway, your brain is a projector. It's basically casting out an image for your eyeballs to take in. So you're, you're, uh, we'll get into it, but you are creating what's around you. I know that might be hard to believe in some cases. Does, doesn't matter. Let's move on. Now think of it like this. Your team, including your, your higher self. So I call them your team. People say spirit guides. Um, 
I just say your team because it includes the version of yourself that's in charge of making sure that you get through this this whole video game, this whole RPG of life. So your team, including your 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 higher self, is in God's living room, and they're all sort of like sitting around on couches, and your higher self has the controller to a video game. And on the screen is your, you, you're, you're the avatar on the screen while your higher self has the controller and your guides are all like, yo, yo, just jump over there. Check under that. See, see what, see what's going on over there. Maybe, maybe he'll, maybe this is there. Maybe the, you know, like when you're at like a, do you remember being 10 and being at someone's birthday and like all of you are surrounding this TV just completely fixated on on whether or not you're going to get to the end of the level that's basically your team your uh your guides and i call your higher self how i refer to your higher self as uh player two because you are player one you are still the main player so when it comes to free will uh i like to think of that as sort of like a choose your own adventure book like goosebumps remember goosebumps of course you remember Goosebumps. So in a choose-your-own-adventure, the end of the book is already decided. And like no matter what, you're going to get to the same conclusion. But you get to choose how you get to that conclusion. So this is where free will comes in. Your higher self has the controller, but it's more of a suggester. It's like when you are... Say you're walking into a bar that's like loud and thumping and it's just not what you want. You'd rather be at home and like watching something and quiet. It's the way your anatomical heart feels deflated, flat, like "Mm, this isn't it. It's not right. I don't want to do this. This is a signal from your higher self's controller saying this isn't for you. This isn't what you want. Go find something that you want. And like you can go into the bar. You can ignore that your heart is like your literal heart is like this sucks. You can head on in. Don't go home. Don't go do what you want. That's your choice. This is this is the free will aspect. So you are ultimately player one. Okay, I want to get on to the story about how I ended up uh, breaking through becoming psychic. But I do have to preface. I have to preface with some childhood trauma. (laughs) I know, that's fun, right? But it's just going to make the accidental psychic story make sense. Do you know what I mean? So let's rewind back to the 90s, all the way back to those 90s. I like to call the 90s the age of rage. Because straight up everybody was so pissed off in the 90s. It was just like normal. Like the popular girl just hated everything and that was cool, you know? It was just like that. So this is probably where my seed of rage was planted. (laughs) My household was quite frustrated. Uh, We all just sort of dealt with uncomfortable emotions with outbursts, angry outbursts. I used to throw a lot of fits as a kid. It was kind of my thing, like on the soccer field, at school, at home. Man, I used to throw a lot of fits. I was an angry kid. 
And I remember saying to myself when I was a kid, uh, I wonder when these tantrums are just going to like go away because I can't keep throwing fits as an adult. Adults don't throw fits. Well, turns out adults throw tantrums just like little kids. And I continued to throw my tantrums throughout all of my adult life, like up until just a few months ago, straight up. Like it, like I, it was affecting my jobs and my friendships and my relationships. I knew I had to get rid of it. It couldn't stay. My irrational outbursts were not okay. At least from my perspective, it wasn't what I wanted for myself. So moving on, uh, I have three siblings of which I grew up with. My sister's the oldest. And then I have an older brother and a younger brother. Uh, two guardians, my mother and her, her husband. His name is Gerald, was, Ger- it was Gerald back then. It currently is Gerald now. <laughs> I ended up going to Catholic schools for most of my childhood, um, which just, which really just meant bullies were everywhere, absolutely everywhere. My teachers and the students and man, I had bullies in my neighborhood, like even in my own house. Actually, like the scariest bully I can remember, uh, the, the deepest fear I felt, uh, around this bully was my own stepdad. Um, along with my older brother, he, he, I don't blame him. You know, I can't blame a kid for getting away with being terrible. Kids can be terrible. And yeah, so my brother and I are good buddies. But uh, however, Gerald is no longer in the family. My mother divorced him a number of years ago. But he was a scary entity for me as a kid. When he moved in, I was about six. And this was when I started to like clean the dishes for the entire like dinner dishes for the whole family of six. Like standing on a stool, leaning into a fucking full, we had a big sink actually, full, maybe I was just tiny, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> actually, yeah, but anyway, yeah, so I, I, he was a, he he liked to use chores as a form of punishment, but also a way to keep us in line, so cleaning was like a a, a scary thing for me, you know, like, it didn't have to be, but but the tone that uh, Gerald liked to use it with was, uh, well, he was a bully. I mean, I was afraid to go home, like, I would say pretty much all the time. I mean, like, sometimes I was mortified and deathly afraid to go home, but then sometimes, like, but I've, I, I was always just, just a little afraid of home. So I was, I, I guess I, as a kid, I think I probably craved safety and reassurance, just knowing that it's not going to be like that forever. It was, that was probably something I needed to hear, um, would have helped probably like lift some of that long-term trauma, <laughs> but I didn't get that as a kid and that's okay. It, it, it all came out in the wash in the end. It's all, I'll tell you how. Okay. Let's hop to it. Let's get to it. Let's talk about what it was like for me busting ass through the veil by accident, tripping and then suddenly being surrounded by another dimension. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, actually, I said so many times during that process, this process, I guess I'm still going through it. 
what the hell is happening to me, man? What's going on, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> genuine, what the fuck is happening to my body? Like, how come I can feel these things now? And so, okay, so let's get it. Let's, let's get into it. This, this could take a little while. Just, just get comfy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So I want to start out by saying that this is not some across the board instructive. This isn't something that you can just copy paste for yourself. Like, you may find aspects of it, um, you may be, you may relate to some of, some of it, and then therefore it could become useful information, but I'm not telling you this story for you to, to, you know, this is not the how-to part. This is just the how I did it part. So in hindsight, I did notice that there, uh, were quite a few signs. One of them was unmistakable, just ridiculous. And I know you've heard this before, um, is synchronicities and that can come in a million bajillion different forms. And I'm, I'm, I'm not about to tell you about all my synchronicities because I found that I've tried to, to explain them to people before and it kind of cheapens the way that I remember them. I prefer to just see them as fun, magical little moments. But an example would be like, I don't know, you're, you're thinking about a, a tricycle, like, you know, for some reason in your mind is some red tricycle and you're leaving the house and uh, then suddenly behind your vehicle before you can drive away is a red tricycle, you know, like some neighborhood kids tricycles. Like it's it's stuff like that. I mean, that that's pretty obvious, but there are little ones, too, you know, like uh, numbers that keep popping up. And anyway, synchronicities. If you are noticing shit happening in front of you in your reality that came directly from your mind, like thinking of someone and then they call you all that stuff. These are this is a good little like these are road signs for you to take note of, like know that something's happening. Let me tell you about how I made I created the space that I'm living in at this moment. I'm sitting in it right now, this basement unit that I rent. I created it with my mind, man. I'm not kidding. Okay. So about four years ago, 2020-ish, I began therapy counseling for this rage, seed of rage that I just couldn't get rid of. I had thrown a fit at work. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So I went in telling them that I want to understand and control my frustration and I can't stop doing drugs. I really liked cocaine. Liked. I, now the thought of it makes me squirm, but this was an, these were the, my two. I'm so angry and I keep doing drugs. Help me. So I went into therapy. Um, in the end, ultimately what I found was, uh, self-worth work, <laughs> you know, like I was really working on putting myself first, realizing that I also deserve to have an input in situations. And it's not always about the people that I'm around. So Serial people pleaser and recovering probably to this day, actually, it kind of still feels weird when I say like, no, I don't feel like it or whatever. If something's just inconvenient for someone because I don't want to, it's not easy for me to say no, but I do it and I can tell that it still feels weird. So recovering with this self-worth work in, um, in therapy, I gradually, I changed my association. I was finding that my friends were not responsive to the boundaries I was practicing, practicing with, giving them. And 
usually it was met with aggression or frustration or rolled eyes. So one by one, I found that the friend I had in front of me was not good for my advancement. That actually also included my family. So for about three years, over about three years, I, like I said, I gradually got rid of all of my association. One by one, I was finding out that the person that I'm trusting with, you know, myself, my information is, is shooting me down, you know, and, and, and I didn't, I didn't want that to keep me back, hold me back from, from the work I was doing, you know, years of, of therapy. So eventually I, I had nobody that was familiar to me, uh, around me. I even actually quit all socials. I fucking got rid of Facebook. Well, Facebook was easy. Who, who goes on Facebook? Seriously. <laughs> Stop going on Facebook. God. But I mean, the, the big one was, was Instagram. That, that one, uh, when I had stopped it, it took about three days to notice. Like, I felt different about myself. I, the only really like the withdrawal was, was pretty quick. And I noticed, uh, when I was feeling better, it was that I was comparing the situation I was currently in at the time with my past self instead of other people's situations. I was just comparing it to where I have come from. And it actually made me feel pretty strong. Like, so I know that this would make a few people wins, but quitting socials. Ooh, that's a big one. You know, it is, you know, it is. I know it's, it's tough, but again, the withdrawal is so quick. Okay. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to May of 2023. That's last summer. At the time I was searching for rental properties, I was renting my friend's basement out uh, at the time, it wasn't, it was meant to be, uh, temporary. I had already outstayed how long we had agreed on. So I was sort of, uh, I wouldn't say desperate, but like I really wanted change. And so did she. So, so I was, uh, looking for, uh, apartments, basement, basement units specifically online, um, uh, sitting on my bed. And I found that after such a long time, like there was a gap between what I could afford and what I was willing to live in. Like there was a decent gap. So I was never able to find any type of overlay. It was really getting very frustrating. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people have felt this. This is kind of what's going on lately. So I was getting frustrated. I decided like, oh man, my eyes were bugged and I was just getting annoyed with it. So I, tossed my computer to the side and I sat on the edge of my bed and this is what I did. Oh, why can't I just find a place like of the perfect spot? I just want a basement unit. That's all mine. I want my own bathroom. I want a full shower. I just, I want like a little kitchenette area with a mini fridge. So I don't have to go upstairs and like the, I want higher countertops. I want really tall countertops. And I was like, and I want, my own like heat source, maybe a fire pit or fireplace or something down there. And I kind of just want a TV to already be down there. And I was just sort of like, I kind of kept going like that. I forgot I was frustrated after a while. And, and I kept going. I was like, and I want roommates that are interesting, that can carry a conversation and we can learn from each other and not just be really awkward around each other. And then I added at the end and I 
don't want to live with white people. I, 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 I don't want to live with white people. <laughs> I remember saying that. <laughs> oh, it's funny to, it's funny to think now, but I was very serious. So whatever. Yeah. I went about my business after that. Like I really had no idea what I actually had done there. So I just did my damn thing at the time. You know, I just continued to look and I found a place that was a really short term lease. It was only two months. And which was fine because it was fine. Just like, I just wanted movement. So I took the two month lease. So for July and August of last year, uh, I lived in this interim place, which is lovely. It was cool. Um, so then as September was approaching, I found a basement unit that was like just under the right price. And, you know, based on the photos, it was a little confusing, but either way, I went to check it out. I enjoyed the guy who answered the door. He's a gentle giant is how I really described him back then. <laughs> he is a gentle giant. He's a nice guy. Hi, Josh. If you're listening, what's up? So I enjoyed his vibe. Uh, I enjoyed the place. You know, I just, I just, I didn't get a, a real eyeful. I just sort of like, okay, I agree that this is worth the money. And yeah, fast forward, I, I got the place and then I, uh, moved into my basement unit with my roomies. They all have rooms on the up upstairs and the main floor is a uh, common area, common space. So I didn't notice right away, but about maybe, I don't know, maybe two weeks in, maybe a week in or something. I was, I, I, I was working uh, at the counter of my basement unit. And I remember thinking like, wow, these, this countertop is so tall. Like, this is awesome. I don't have to bend over. Oh, I'm six foot four. That's why I wanted tall countertops. Anyway. So I was just enjoying that. I didn't have to like bend down to, you know, work on my project. And I stopped and was like, wait a sec. I remember that. I said, I wanted tall countertops. And then I was like, holy shit. A mini fridge? Oh my God. I have like a fireplace space heater down. My own bathroom? Holy shit. It's a full shower. Like, actually, I was going down the list. Like, shut the fuck up. My roommates aren't white. Oh my God. <laughs> Phenomenal. I kind of was floored. I was staring at my unit down here like it was staring at me. I was spooked. I got a little spooked by it. Every detail I could come up with back then is here, is exactly what I wanted. And I like ran upstairs to my roommate and I was like, dude, I made the space downstairs. I created it. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I tried to get him on board, but he could obviously I, you can't expect people to get as excited as you are. But regardless, I was, uh, I felt like I was being watched. That's the best way that I could describe it. It felt like there were eyes on me suddenly, more than one set. So I'm like, okay, okay. Like, wow. Like, maybe I did make this. Maybe I did cast out to the universe and, and create every detail of my basement unit. This is, this is pretty cool. That's cool, right? So whatever. I move on. I didn't know what to do with that info. I still had this um, seed of rage inside me, which was affecting the energy of the house. You know, like we all get along, the three of the four of us, 
but they were occasionally hearing me throw like little fits in the kitchen. Now, I could feel the energy changing. I knew that they didn't trust me as much. They didn't know who I really was. And I had been experiencing this my whole life, right? My explosive outbursts. And one of my triggers for these outbursts is a mess. I don't like a mess. I have always had an issue with seeing a mess. If a counter wasn't wiped or if like some dishes are in the sink and I can't wash my hands in the sink, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you probably don't know what I mean. It, it was pretty manic. I'm a very tidy person and I don't expect anyone else to clean to the level that I do. But I still got so frustrated when I saw a mess. And my roommates were uncomfortable because they knew that they made the mess, right? Like, and they knew I was getting angry because I had to clean and then use the kitchen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was about, uh, somewhere around early October or something. Uh, I woke up early in the morning. I to a mess in the kitchen. I threw another little kitchen fit. And of course, every time I do that, they can hear me right upstairs. They, it, they're not quiet fits. <laughs> specifically. So I had thrown another little fit, another little tiff. I was disappointed with myself, beating myself up, realizing that I was changing the energy of the house and that like, I've been through this before my whole life. So I was beating myself up. I like slinked downstairs into my basement unit and I just sat on the edge of my bed. Seriously, I sat on the edge of my bed and I said this, man, I wish somebody would look at me as somebody who's going through something difficult and not just as an asshole who's an asshole sometimes. Like, that's pretty much what I said. Like, that's the quote. I remember because it was about two hours later that I had uh, gone upstairs, went outside, out back for a dart. And my roommate, was, or a dart is a cigarette. In case you don't know what that is, I find that people don't know what that is if they're not from Alberta. <laughs> so anyway, I went outside for a dart and my roommate was out there. And so I remember when I sat down in the chair next to him, I looked at him and was like, I was thinking he looks different. Like his eyes look different. I, that, yeah, I, that was my first thought. And I don't know how we got into it, but he started asking me questions about my outbursts. And I was flooded with embarrassment as soon as he brought it up. It was like I felt the embarrassment of every outburst I've ever had all pressed into one. Like it was five seconds of just agonizing embarrassment. But I said to myself, like, dude, you asked for this. You just asked for this. Like, just, just follow through. So I started answering some of his questions. And I remember he started with, like, who, who, who are you angry with? Are you mad at us when you're doing that? And automatically I could answer no, because I never had to talk to them or tell them about it to deflate. It only ever took some time. So I said, no, no, I'm not mad at you guys. And he's like, so then who, who are you mad at? Like, what are you getting mad at? And I thought that was, that's a good question. That is a good question. Because if I'm not mad at you guys for making, like, you're the mess makers, technically, and it's the mess that stresses me out. I was like, now I'm curious. Like, what's going on here? Who am I mad at? I'm like, well, the only other person in, the only other, the only person in the room is me. So it, I'm, I'm mad at myself. 
why the fuck? And I start going by myself, right? And I'm like, why the fuck am I mad at myself for seeing a mess? That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, I'm mad at myself because, because I can't handle seeing a mess. It's that when I see a mess, it stirs something inside me. And I'm frustrated that I can't handle seeing something as simple as a mess in the kitchen. Now I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't I handle seeing a mess? What is that? Like, what do I feel when I see a mess? And I was like, when I see a mess, I feel afraid. What the fuck? Why do I, why do I feel afraid when I see a mess? <gasps> Cause Gerald's coming home. Oh my fucking kaboom, kablow. This was a huge moment. Big feels came out of this moment, man. I was laughing. I was crying. I was maniacal. I was, I was ecstatic. I had, I had not heard Gerald, the Gerald's coming home since I was a child, since I was a little kid. But that phrase was powerful as a kid. That held so much weight because of how afraid we all were of Gerald. He was a very militant man, um, uh, our stepdad. And we would use it even as like a weapon on each other as kids. Like, oh, Gerald's coming home. You better put that away. You know, like it was, it, it had so much weight. It really, Gerald's coming home just meant get the fuck up and fix something, do something, or you're going to be fucked. But I had not said these words since I was a child. I didn't even know that was waiting in there for me. Man, I felt like, buzzing skin tingling i was ecstatic i i actually felt lighter in my shoulders a like an actual a weight removed you know like i know that they say that but this is a a very a, a direct way of describing like there was a mess in the kitchen while i was talking to my uh, roommate at the time and when i had said Gerald's coming home it was it floated away from me I I detached from the mess in the kitchen immediately like that I felt light excited happy holy fuck who knew that that type of shit can stay inside you without even your knowledge and it can change your life it has of this frustration you know as a as I used to be a bartender um, before COVID, and so a mess was very, very common, and I was fucking freaking out all the time. Holy shit. What a beautiful realization that was, and I still, to this day, thank Josh, my roommate. He is, he really gave me exactly what I needed, and it was exactly what I, like, cast out to the universe two hours earlier, just for someone to look at me. I just, I just wanted to be seen and not avoided, you know? Holy shit. This was a big moment. Gerald's coming home is going to be a chapter in the book I write. Straight up. So that was really cool. That was dope. Right away, I uh, got the urge to write stuff down. Just stuff for me to remember as I'm in this state. I was thinking I'm in this, like, happy, great state right now. I, 
you know, life seems so clear. And so I wrote a bunch of stuff down for myself for the future. And, you know, they're all things like, like, you're doing great. Take a break when you feel overwhelmed and like take 30 minutes of breathing every day. All, all this kind of stuff I just came up with off the top of my head, just as like the happy person um, wanting to ease the, the, the possible future stressed out person, you know? So time goes by a bit. And um, I remember one day I went down for a nap and I turned on Tubi. I just Tubi TV. It's like a free streaming service. I just turned anything on to fall asleep to. And I remember it was a really long nap, like a really good long nap. It was like three and a half hours or something. So Tubi likes to just play anything once your selection is over. And I woke up without opening my eyes. I woke up, came to, and I could hear this dude talking talking on this show on Tubi. I didn't know what it was or anything. But the shit he was saying about how like life works and... I, it, he, there was just so much confidence. Uh, it felt to me, I was, I was, I saw it as cocky. I thought this guy was being cocky. Again, without even opening my eyes, I just, I just kept hearing what he was saying and I, I just didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like that he was speaking so matter of fact about things that we can't possibly know as humans. Like I was truly like saying like, this guy sounds dumb. Like, okay, buddy, sure. Yeah, whatever, bud. So I remember I uh, got up from my nap. I had somewhere to go. I started getting ready and this thing is still on in the back on the show. I didn't know what it was yet, right? But I'm still judging it the whole time. Every time I catch wind of it, I'm like, what the hell? What did he do? Okay, dude, this guy, what a jerk. Like, who talks like that? So I left and then I came back and I remember I came back with food and I and I just wanted to turn something on. I didn't want to look and so whatever, Tubi, whatever was last playing, I had forgotten there was something. And so it's this guy again, and, and I'm like, oh, great. So now I'm like, hours later, I'm like, continue judging him, except now I'm eating. And then it goes on to uh, this guy. He says on this show, he says he's going to ch- channel a being. And I was like, oh, okay, bud. Like, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't digging what he was saying before he was channeling. And then he says he's going to channel some being. And I was like, Mm-mm, this is dumb. But I did continue to watch, and um, when he started his channeling, I was like, okay, so you put on a British accent, and what, now you're channeling a being? Like, I was just such a dick. <laughs> so I continue listening, judging, eating, and then he says something, and I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty insightful. That was pretty, okay, whatever. And then he says something else, and I was like, whoa, that's that was really smart, actually. That was a good way to look at things. And then I was like, holy fuck fuck, this is true. Is this guy really doing this? And now I'm like trying to pay attention to all the details of his mannerisms. And I'm like, is this a character he's playing? Like, how does he know all this? This is the coolest shit. So now I'm kind of hooked. I look at all the episodes. Buddy, there are like over 20 episodes. I'm like, okay, cool. This is dope. All right, here we go. I'm gonna fucking watch all of them. And this show, I'll tell you, is called uh, Interview with Extra Dimensionals. This show was uh, like directed and produced by a man named Ruben Langdon. I have a lot of respect for this man. He started doing this back in like 2015, really committed to the concept. Like, man, he has curated so much beautiful information for us. And especially in such a time when... People were very resistant to this. 
I mean, even even 2015, 10 years ago was a big difference from now. And and even now I'm experiencing a lot of like I said, like my friends and family, they're like, OK, Liam, chill. <laughs> he he has he has given us a phenomenal amount of material to work off of, to learn from. Uh, he asks the questions in such honest, you know, he's like a child grasping for the next concept while he has these entities in front of him, right? Like, it really, he is, like, he's for sure one of my uh, influencers. He's influenced me. He's motivated me. This man is very important to me. I'll never forget his name, his work. And also, the gentleman that I was uh, judging on the screen for so long, uh, he's, he's right up there with Ruben. His name is Rob Gothier. Uh, his his online handle is uh, the ET Whisperer. I really appreciate the this man's uh, body of work as well. He has offered us. He's just put put himself second to give us such good, passionate information. Man, Ruben Langdon and his show interview with Extra Dimensionals. This is this is where to start. This is where if you want to learn like the 101, uh, start from episode one and bust through. There are three seasons of this show and I had only uh, there's only one season on uh, Tubi, um, which is so much content already. So I would suggest you at least go to Tubi TV. It's a free streaming service. Look up interview with extra dimensionals and just click play. And just chill. Maybe even get a pen and pen and paper. That's what I did. I actually have a like a ton of notes. I don't know how to quantify it. Three notebooks full of notes. <laughs> like <laughs> grab a pen, grab a pad, push play, and just pay attention. And don't judge. You will judge. I'm not saying don't judge. It's okay to judge. I mean, obviously, you have to use your discernment. If you don't like it, don't you don't like it. That's cool. Turn it off. My point is though is you're going to experience the this is dumb moment, like I did. Just get past it. Just get past it. The information that Ruben has brought to us is pure, is real. This is true shit, man. And this is not a plug. I'm just really appreciative of Ruben Langdon and Rob Gothier, two gentlemen that have changed my life. And also Rob Gothier's episode on um, Ruben's show is uh season one episodes five and six if you're curious about the gentleman uh that i was waking up to and judging <laughs> and have completely flipped my script rob if you're listening man you're the shit <laughs> i love you both reuben and rob so i got into this show i really enjoyed it i remember one day i um was coming back from grocery shopping i pulled into the garage of my house here where I'm renting. And I remember thinking like, this is awesome that I get to pull into a garage and my car gets to be tucked away for the winter. That's so sweet. And here in Canada, this is like definitely a cold city. This is Edmonton is a cold fucking city. (laughs) Just Google it. But I pulled into my garage and thought to myself, this is so fucking dope that I get to park into it. Good job, Liam, that you like created the basement unit that you're living in, that you get to put your car into a nice little space so it's protected from the cold and 
man, I'm so awesome. I was thinking like, I'm fucking, I'm so cool. I was realizing like how impressive I am. How did I get from a like total fuck off obscurity to having built this point, this place that I'm sitting in? I really just am so amazed by myself right? I mean, I'm currently amazed by myself. I was at that time realizing how fucking awesome I am. So I grab my groceries and I like, you know, head downstairs, starting to put them away. And I catch my reflection in the mirror. And for some reason, I just feel drawn to it. So I walk right up to my face. I look myself in the eyes and I'm like, dude, how fucking dope are you? (laughs) It's look around you. How did you do this? Man, four years ago, you were trying to stop doing drugs, which, by the way, I don't do drugs anymore. (laughs) But, like, you know, I was just like, man, fuck yeah, dude. You can fucking do anything you want. You're the coolest dude that you have ever met. I'm, like, looking myself right in the eyes while I'm saying this. And I'm feeling this sort of tingling behind me in, in my, like, on my skin and my back. And I used to equate this feeling to being embarrassed. But at this point, I was like, I don't fucking care if I'm embarrassed, if, 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 if I like am talking to myself, talking about how amazing I am to myself, looking myself in the eyes in the mirror. That was embarrassing to me, right? So I got this like tingling in my skin and my back. And I thought, oh, that's my, that's just like how it feels to be embarrassed, but just keep doing it. Cause fuck it. So I kept doing it and I kept saying like, man, you're the dopest dope that you've ever smoked. And anybody and everybody that has met you and will meet you is so fucking lucky. You're the coolest dude on the planet. And then something broke. Like, like I felt like I was fucking struck by lightning. Oh my God, I can feel it now. Holy shit. What? the fuck i was like what's happening to me what's happening (laughs) okay this was the breakthrough this was it this was the moment i went from normie i guess whatever like unaware to aware holy shit you guys like wow shit went down in the next like five ten minutes of doing that talking myself up guys this is what they mean love yourself oh my god i kept saying like holy shit this is what they keep saying love yourself oh my god (laughs) how fucking crazy is this that i like (laughs) accidentally loved myself so hard right in the face that I became psychic. Like, I just, like, I still don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. It's almost time for my breath break, actually. But electricity in my skin, that buzzing that I thought was embarrassment, it's not embarrassment. This is another signal from the controller of your higher self in the living room. This skin buzzing thing is a direct, what's up, dude? 
and I was buzzing. It, it was like I like kept complimenting myself and believing it, like actually believing my own compliments. And, it, and every time I did, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then like I blasted through something and I ended up like, I don't want to tell you all the details. That's for another episode. But that is how I fucking busted through the veil, man. Ever since figuring out that loving yourself intently, like believing how much you appreciate yourself, fully, wholeheartedly embodying these compliments for your own self. It does help to look in a mirror. Okay, I want to talk about this. This is really important, actually. You know, when I looked in the mirror and I was embarrassed, I was feeling those tingles I thought was embarrassment, right? Like normally I would just stop doing what I'm doing when I felt that tingling. Now, do you remember in the 90s, I remember very distinctly, if you talk to yourself, you are certifiably nuts. You're fucking crazy. If you ever find yourself talking to yourself, that's a bad thing. This was recited to me over and over again growing up. Where the fuck did this information come from? Who the... F oh, I'm mad at them. <laughs> like, I'm so angry. That is programming, man. The same programming that tells you that this type of shit is dumb and stop listening to it. And nobody better find out that you like it. You know, that is fucking programming, man. And that was a total lie. Talking to yourself opens up something very serious. Like, not, not crazy. <laughs> the other way. Man, I know, I know some people would call me crazy for talking like this, but that's okay with me. I have never felt more stable, comfortable, sure of myself. Fuck, I'm making a podcast because of this. Like, talking to oneself doth not equal crazy. That is so terrible. You know, do you remember in the 90s, we all heard as kids, we all heard this story that Marilyn Manson took like his lower ribs out to suck his own dick. Why did we all know that shit? How did we all know that? I mean, I know that's not true. Of course that's not true. <laughs> How did it get to every single individual child of the North American 90s? How is that possible? We didn't have fucking Instagram back then. There is, like, much music would never have played it, you know? MTV would never have said that. Even, like, the news wouldn't have said... How did every child become aware of this rumor that Marilyn Manson sucks his own dick? Think about it. Something happened in the 90s to make sure we all knew the same shit how programming it's real that shit goes down especially in your childhood pay attention to that shit and i know you've heard this before fucking self love is key baby it's true if you can find the reasons why you think you're the fucking coolest person in the world just dump it all over yourself to be able to say the words, I love you and mean it. And then have that turn around and dive into your chest. Holy 
fuck, that's magic. There is, there's actual magic in that. Okay. Okay. It's time for my breath break. I need to take a fucking break. <laughs> this is so exciting. It's fun. It is fun. It's fun for me. I'm sure someone's out there having fun. I don't care. Have fun or don't. <laughs> the point is, is that I got this out of my system and now I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> okay, breath break. Let's take a break. After spending so long getting excited and talking about like ethereal shit, it's good to like come back to what chill feels like, you know? Reset, back to chill. So this is what I do. So I like to hold my uh, upper belly muscles and lower rib cage muscles. They kind of meet at a certain point and I like to tighten that area. Not super duper tight, just, just a little tight. As well, when I'm breathing, I restrict the flow at my throat like this. Minus that tongue gloggle. <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> like that. So, so the restricting your breath actually gives your like upper belly muscles like some resistance to, to push and pull on. All that, the restricting your breath and then holding your muscles there uh, is, is good for your posture. I actually mostly like to do this laying down because my posture sucks. And I can't get my mind off of it while I'm doing it. So I usually lay down and meditate. But in this case, I'm going to do it sitting up. I'll get as comfy as I can. So you got your tummy tight, just the upper part. And you're restricting your breath. And you're pulling and pushing with your belly. So when you start, breathe all the way out. Get all that dead, dead air out. All, all the used air. There's some stuff, residue hanging out at the bottom. Just empty your lungs like you're a deflated balloon. And when you're breathing, breathe down to where you're tight, where you're tightening your stomach and, and then even past that all the way down to your butthole. I'm serious. You can breathe past your diaphragm. Just imagine it being diverted past your diaphragm all the way down. Breathe into your butt. Somebody uh, once said for me to breathe into my pelvic floor. And I was like, what? What is that? And then when I figured it out, I was like, oh, you mean my butthole? Oh, <laughs> okay. So breathe into my butthole. So, okay. So, and it works. It works really good. It helps with the idea of, of, of taking in as much oxygen as you can before recycling it and breathing it all out. That's enough explaining. I'm going to do it now. Okay. And you can listen, you can fast forward, whatever, it's up to you. Join in or just listen to my throat noises. Um, it's weird, but go for it.
Mm. That feels good. Mm. Fuck yeah. Nice and chill now. That felt really good, actually. I needed that. I noticed that each time I take a breath like that, like a restricted breath, it's like my lungs can can take more, you know, every time. I feel more and more chill every time I breathe it all out. Holy cow. Better than drugs. So let's move on. Let's talk about... My new psychic powers. What are my new psychic powers like, baby? That's a good question. First, I want to start with saying that, like, it varies. <laughs> it varies, like, hourly and daily. And usually in the morning, I don't feel very psychic. <laughs> this is what I was saying in the beginning of the episode, how I was saying I... Uh, was 60 feeling 60% uh, connection. This is kind of what I was referring to the variables and it's okay that it varies. Like at first I was concerned that I was feeling like, Oh no, like I can't really feel it anymore, but it'll always come back. It once, once you felt it, you know what it feels like you've leaned into it, you know, it'll always be back. I've, I've discovered. Um, so that's good. But I do not wake up psychic. I wake up pissed off usually. So <laughs> so it, it, it takes a couple hours to get to uh, the connectivity. Like, so I usually wake up to like 5% connection. And then, you know, I mean, shit. Now, at this very moment, I'd say I'm even a little bit higher than the beginning of the episode. So probably like a 65-ish, 70% connection. That's how I put it. Anyway, sometimes uh, I do feel like fucking 90 percent open and then i'm like okay it reminds me of the um what is it aladdin yeah when the genie is like phenomenal cosmic powers itty bitty living space you know like like i feel like a giant fucking genie with planets spinning around my hands just stuck in a tiny little cute little human body um so open connection poof is phenomenal man like fucking feels like you can do anything i mean you literally can't do anything so uh i noticed that when i uh was breaking through um for for a few weeks at least um time was like i did did not understand it (laughs) like a day went by like it was three hours but if i were to refer to something the day before i would have said last week it was the weirdest feeling, man, for a good two weeks. I mean, it kind of started to settle in. But then again, occasionally when I'm super connected, I don't get it. Time, it's not even, it just makes sense that it's not real when you're in these moments. You really understand that it's not real. Something I am have noticed, obviously, um, is this sort of feeling slash hearing thing when you're picking up information from your team. I notice psychics say, uh, like they say I'm getting something, but then, but then again, a lot say that they're, he- they, they heard something or they hear something. And I understand there's no word for this. I, I understand why, why this is so difficult to explain because it isn't about, it's not, 
It's not about hearing it audibly. It's you hear it the same way you hear your own thought. But it's a thought that's, that comes so bluntly to the forefront that had no preface. It just pops into your mind and it's huge. You can't ignore the thought. And it usually comes with, uh, the way it, something, a feeling in your anatomical heart. I know they say like, listen to your heart and stuff and that's boring, but like, dude, your actual heart is beep booping all the time. This is not just like chemicals being released in your body. This is information, yo. So when you hear, it's more of a forefront thought mixed with your heart going beep boop about it. And that's generally what it is to experience information from your team. Uh, another aspect is that I just, I'm just be knowing things, yo, like, it creeps me out sometimes. I mean, sometimes I, I, uh, I'll give it a try with a friend and they're like, no, you're way off. But I also can tell that I'm way off. It's, it's, I'll still try, but my heart, my anatomical heart is like, eh, it's like, meh, it doesn't feel great to say it, you know? I am to the best of my ability, um, telling as, clear of the truth as I can portray. It's just that I can tell that when I'm, uh, when I'm off, eh, it just doesn't feel great in my chest. Um, but then there are times when I'm like, it's definitely this, there is no question in my chest. I like, I don't even care if the person in front of me is even in the room. You know what I mean? I know what I can feel. And so sometimes when a person, someone's telling me a story, I can see the other individual, the other parties involved. I can feel the, the history of the other parties involved. I can feel what they were thinking in the moment of the story being told and why they said certain things. Like, I can scare the fuck out of myself, man. And all it is is really just accepting what I, what I'm feeling and then expressing it. It, it, it. It's just trusting that how it feels is correct. And I mean, if you dive into that, like, like I do sometimes, like I fucking dive into it and I'm like, Oh, well, here's the most insightful shit you've ever heard in your life. And I like, like I get whiplash. I'm like, Holy shit. That was fucking dope. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> so. You know, I can't take full credit for all the information that comes out of my mouth now. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> That's so fucking cool. I mean, I will take full credit because, like, they can't have any of it on this fucking planet. But enough, like, quite a lot of times already. The way that I'm speaking is so fluid and so perfect that this isn't, this isn't how I speak, <laughs> you know? I've noticed that, um, any sense of artistic expression, like in, in like lyrics or paintings or I don't know, even abstract art has, I, it's like a language that I'm fluent in now. There are songs that I've been listening to my whole life. This whole time I had no idea what they were saying. But now when I listen to stuff, I'm like, Oh my fucking God. Duh. Holy shit. Everything makes sense now. I like Googled all this like old art and stuff. And I just kind of got into a spiral of like old to modern art. And I'm looking at all this stuff, feeling what the artist felt or is imbuing the art with. 
I can fucking feel it in my chest. I swear to God. I mean, I don't have to swear to God. You don't have to believe me. That's not the fucking point. But I understand that this sounds kind of eh, kind of like airy fairy boom. I get it. I get it because only just last October I was the that's so fucking dumb. But this is it. This is it for me at least. This is this is my truth. Maybe it's your truth. Maybe. And if it isn't, it's not. That's cool. At least, hey man, at least you're here. You're still here. I also noticed that my body is changing and my, I changed my diet. I don't drink now just because it doesn't feel right. I don't like the way drinking feels now. It's, it, it, it distances me from the, like my connection. I can feel that I'm less connected. So I, I mean, I just don't like to. And I mean, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't always like, I never really liked drinking. So it wasn't so difficult to give up. But yeah, like I don't eat meat now. Didn't really like meat, but now I straight up don't eat meat. And I'm even transitioning to veganism. Not suggesting that this is something that you have to do, but I'm so aware of what my body is telling me that I just, when I look at something that I know isn't good for me, it doesn't look like it's food anymore. You know, like I don't have to struggle with that. That's crazy. And like I said, my body looks, my posture's changing. My body looks different. Like, this shit's so dope. <laughs> this shit's so fucking dope. Okay, so what are the lessons? Uh, the, what, what are the takeaways um, from my little breakthrough? Some of them I like. I would like to point out, maybe just kind of nicely round off, is to first and foremost, you got to deal with your own stuff. You gotta deal with your own stuff. You know, you gotta you gotta notice your stuff first, and you gotta follow inward like how i did i get angry when i see a mess why do i get angry hmm you know and then it won't be the same route for you but that's an example of noticing your stuff if 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 your emotional output does not match the situation in front of you start asking questions why why do i react like this what is going on and just with just be kind and honest with yourself and the like there's like a there's like a little traumatized scared kid inside of you that just needs a fucking hug (laughs) you know and like you can actually picture that use your use your imagination to picture that it it truly does feel good it really does to imagine the lonely little kid that you were needed some love needed some reassurance standing all by himself or their self or herself you can just Come on, buddy. It's no big deal. It's not going to stay bad. Don't worry about it. Give yourself a hug, you know? Because really, that's, that's what's, that's what's fucking you up, man. Someone just did not love you enough as a kid or in the right way or in, you know, it's up to you. You gotta love you, man. You're the only one that can love yourself to the power that you, that, that this is, you know, like no one else can say I love you and give you a psychic ability. Only you can love yourself and blast through, you know, like only you have enough love to give to yourself to change your own life. Again, no one on the planet is ever going to say I love you and suddenly you're a psychic. It just for some reason, it only works when you do it for yourself. <laughs> Try not to spend your time helping your friends or your family if they're not automatically into it and loving it, just just deal with your own stuff. 
you know, if, if you perceive your family member or your loved one or your friend, or whatever, as willfully suffering, if that's your perception of, of their, their path and you want to save them from it, just, just know that suffering is just as noble as removing yourself from suffering. So you don't need to save anyone. If, if, if they choose anger, fear, frustration, you know, all, all those, all those things that like are uncomfortable for us, if they would rather hold on to that, then that is their path. And I mean, you will never change that. That's impossible. So deal with your own stuff. That's huge. While you deal with your own stuff, you become closer to the person that you imagine yourself as. And that in itself changes the people around you. It's, it's big stuff. Just. I know you're going to want your friend to come with you. They might be pretty judgmental about it if they're not into it. Believe me, I have some friends that don't mind rolling their eyes at me. I don't know if I should call them friends, but I understand that they don't understand. That's all. We're on this planet. We're, we're, we're in this life on this plane strictly and solely only to collect experience. There is no other reason. Every moment you're alive is experience. You're already doing it right. There is no reason to be searching for some purpose for your life. There is no purpose for your life except for existing right now. You're doing it right now. Listening to this, you're doing it. Turning this off, you're doing it. As soon as you experience you are doing it right. So don't worry about where you should be or where you want to be. If anything, you should just be thinking about where you want to be and getting excited about it and moving on. Just like I did with my basement unit here, right? All I had to do was think about what I wanted in full fucking detail. I didn't even realize what I was doing, but I thought about it, painted the picture in full detail, and then just walked away from the concept. And I got it. I got it in full force. Like, holy shit. It was like four months in between casting out to the universe and moving into my basement unit. I think really the key is, is just think about what you want. Imagine it excitedly. Be excited about having it. Pretend you have it. Get excited. And then just fuck off from it. Don't even worry about it anymore. And just enjoy what's now. What do you have now? What's cool now? It's so cool that I get to pour this hot water into this mug with a tea bag in it. You know, I fucking love that I get to have tea. This is dope. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Uh, enjoy the moment of uh, imagination for what it, what it will be like when you have it and then let it go and then fuck it off. Don't worry about it anymore. It's already on the list. It's just like punching something in to order something like a server punches it into the kitchen. It's like she punches it in. He punches it in. I used to be a server too. So I don't know. I don't know why I said she. That was really sexist. <laughs> so anyway. uh, they punch it in. The server punches it in. And then they walk the fuck away because they know that that food will pop up in the window exactly when it's meant to. It's just like that. That's a really good example, actually. So imagine in full detail and fuck off from it. Don't worry about how or when you're going to get it. This is a trap. If you imagine exactly a way that you're going to get, like, from, like I don't know, say you just want a whole shitload of money, and you imagine yourself winning the lottery, that's not a good idea. <laughs> like, that is, don't 
don't specify how you're going to get this whole bunch of money because that is going to make it more difficult for your team to like tinker and pull strings and make it happen because that's too specific. That could take even longer. If you just imagine opening your bank account and seeing an obscene number and like all of the font is green and not red. <laughs> if, if you imagine that, feel excited about it and then just poof, fuck off from it. I would say in my, in my experience, this is how the most efficient way to get it. So while you're doing all this, don't forget that being goofy and like playful, like joy is 110% power. This, you know, frustration and anger has its own vibration and it does have its own power. But if you want to cast out, if you want to make some shit happen, feel excited, feel playful about it and like goof around. These are the, these are the like states that we're, when we're in these states, this is like zero point creation. Like when you're feeling goofy, happy and playful, start imagining the, the shit you want for yourself, man. This is like a fucking magic spell. I swear to God, joy is the most, most powerful emotion we have straight up. Okay, I'm going to explain to you yet another concept. I know, it's a lot of explaining, but it is the first episode. I warned you about it, and I won't have to keep explaining from here on out. So let's just get this over with. Easter eggs. An Easter egg during a video game in a video game is not the same as your mom hides an Easter egg and you go find it. An Easter egg in a video game is a secret feature placed inside a game that is usually hidden from the public and that requires a keen eye or insider knowledge to discover. Now, how Easter eggs translate to our reality, our this video game, is that I have found a bunch of songs, uh, movies, TV shows that are talking exactly about this, about human evolution. And how this is going to work is I will give you two examples of Easter eggs each episode, um, ideally one music, one film, but we'll see how that goes. And anyway, um, the music Easter egg, something you should check out, is really cool is a song I know you've heard a million times. It's called One Headlight, written by Jacob Dylan from The Wallflowers in 97. Now, I would suggest you check out the Step Beats cover. That's the Step Beats. It's just a really good version. I mean, you can you can listen to the original Wallflowers if you want. That's cool. But I just find that the Step Beats cover uh, has a good beat, right? A Step Beat. Now, check this out. This is how I figured this out. Now, I'm going to read a few of the lyrics from it, um, and then you can go check out the whole song. So, Cinderella, in the song, is his, like, his best friend, I guess. Um, I think, I like to think of Cinderella as his ego, or maybe the way that he was treated as a kid. So, listen. Come on, try a little. Nothing is forever. There's got to be something better than in the middle. Me and Cinderella, we put it all together and we can drive it home with one headlight. I'm pointing in between my two eyes, my third eye. This is the one headlight, your third eye. You can drive it home. Get it? There's got to be an opening somewhere here in front of me through this maze of ugliness and greed. 
It is right in front of you. Holy shit. Jacob Dylan knows exactly what the fuck this shit is. And that's so cool. Go listen to that song. Okay. The movie is called Waking Life. This was written and directed by Richard Linklater in 2001. He also um, made other movies such as Dazed and Confused and A Scanner Darkly, both also really good movies. Now, Waking Life is a movie I watched back when it came out. Well, I watched it in like 2006 or something like that, and I didn't understand it. It went over my head a lot. But ever since then, for some reason, for the rest of my life since then, anytime someone's like, what's your favorite movie? This is the only one I could think of my whole life, waking life. So since breaking through, I thought, oh, now that I understand art and stuff, maybe Waking Life will have something in it. Holy shit, this movie. <laughs> Dude, this is a this is another fucking Easter egg. Straight up, like, crack that bitch open, eat that chocolate. You know what I mean? Not, not, you know what I mean? It's... <laughs> I'm mixing the traditional sense and the video game sense, but fucking get at it. Go watch Waking Life by Richard, directed by Richard Linklater, and go listen to One Headlight, written by Jacob Dylan from The Wallflowers. But go check out the Step Beats cover. Step Beats. It's kind of reggae. It's pretty, pretty chill. Those are my Easter eggs. Now I'm going to read to you a quote from my notebook. I call it a note quote. I wrote this October 18, 2023, so dead center middle of my breakthrough sort of experience. So this is from the workings of Vidika Kulhoff from Interview with Extra Dimensionals. That's that one you can check out on Tubi. You can also check out season two and three of Interview with Extra Dimensionals on Gaia. It is a paid streaming service. If you dig the first season from Tubi TV, then you can just head on over to Gaia and subscribe, watch it, and unsubscribe. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to unsubscribe, but it's really the only reason why I subscribed. I, I watched it all, and just that show was the reason why I subscribed to Gaia. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is from Season 1, Episode 23, this quote. The more you sense yourself feeling either triggered or intrigued by the information delivered to you, the more you are signaling to yourself the relevancy of it as a usable stepping stone in your personal storyline. Pretty sweet. Okay, to wrap up, we're wrapping up. This is the wrap up. Oh, I did it. Well, I almost did it. So I gotta fucking listen to the whole thing and edit all of it. Anyway, let's wrap up. Um, some points I want to make is our emotions and our thoughts are basically a magic wand it's creating your surroundings spend time leaning into the sound that's inside of the silence silence doesn't mean no sound there's something inside of it so don't turn away from the mundane pay close attention to what you're doing what your hands are doing and smile you know, start feeling, stop calculating, stop watching the movie of thoughts you're creating in your brain, make decisions with the way it feels. Remember to always cons consume lots of oxygen. If you find you're thinking lots, you're probably not breathing lots. 
So start with emptying your lungs like a little empty fucking balloon, tiny shrinkled, shrinkled sack, and then breathe in down to your butthole and then breathe all the fucking way out and then breathe it. Just the point is, is just get oxygen in your lungs so it can start sucking all them fucking molecules and shit out of it i don't know how it actually works i'm just saying get oxygen inside of you it's it slows your brain down it you can it's easier to put your brain away if you breathe deep lots remember follow your trail inward if your emotions do not match the situation ask yourself some questions you are made of love so love on you already, you know? Get in that mirror. Look yourself in the eye. Decide how awesome you are. Like, just fucking know it and tell it to yourself. It's There's power in that. We are all the same God, and we signed ourselves up for experience, to experience what chaos and imperfection is like, because we're all perfect. We're just in an imperfect chaotic environment come hang out with me uh, for the next episode which i know i'm supposed to be putting out episodes weekly but this one's going to take two weeks and then it'll be weekly after that okay so episode two will be out february uh, 28 and i invite you to just come check out see how i be meditating and shit yeah the episode's called how to meditation now go imagine stuff up and like try it out really we're all just larping with each other it's not so serious stay curious and while you're at it enjoy yourself throughout this debut season of how to be god I plan to play in some familiar concepts like religion and reality and the so-called ego death. As well, I would like to talk with you about some ideas that may seem new at first, yet feel somehow familiar too, like breaking through the collective consciousness and the law of one. We're inching closer and closer to wrapping our linear brains around this planetary sphere and its compounding wonders. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Now, if you're like me and you find yourself repeatedly getting the urge to verbally reply to podcasts as if you're on the phone, then I invite you to join me. What I mean is, whenever possible, HBG will feature a listener whom wants to speak. Because we speak to teach and we listen to learn. So feel free to share with me any of your experiences in the form of concepts, breakthroughs, ideas, queries, stories, suggestions via email at howtobegodseries at gmail.com. If you're reaching out in the interest of joining me for an episode, then remember to write in the subject line, beam me up, along with a general summary of your experience. And you just may find yourself extrapolating collective realities right alongside moi. I'm extending to you a safe space for an open, friendly discussion contributing to the normalcy of this wave of evolution we're currently surfing. As a side note, if your wish is to participate and your preference is to remain anonymous, 
I'm more than happy to lovingly accommodate to your discretionary needs. Now, take a great big butthole breath and be, love, create, live your life. And while you're at it, enjoy yourself. <laughs>